This week's episode of The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Menagerie. Enjoy free shipping on some sexy men's lingerie when you use the promo code MANHOR at buymenagerie.com. That's B-Y-M-E-N-A-G-E-R-I-E dot com. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey there, hippie whores and poly parents. This is Billy Persida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, everyone? Who else is emotionally drained after the Super Bowl? I know I am. Okay, hi. I know a lot of you don't care about sports ball, but Jesus, that that felt like the election night all over again. Welcome to the show if you're new. Hey, welcome back if you're not. I am your host, comedian Billy Persida. If you are new to the program, uh, typically I talk to women I've hooked up with about sex and dating and love and the occasional butt stuff. Uh, however, this week's guest is not one of my former flames. No, I have got on a very special guest, poly cartoonist Kimchi Cuddles, a.k.a. Tikva Wolf. And uh, so excited to share her with you in a bit. But first, no show dates to promote right now, guys. Uh, no, no comedy dates. Look, just go to manwhorepod.com for all your manwhore podcast needs, okay? I just booked a bunch of shows in March, so if you're going to be visiting New York City in the in March, you can go check out those dates there. While you're on the website, get on the mailing list. Uh, got a lot to get to in this week's intro. Got a lot of stuff I want to share with you, a lot of things I want to announce, a lot of things I want to say, so uh, let's just get in there. I, I hesitate to call this next thing a, a retraction. Maybe just more of a disclaimer. Last week, I went into uh, my personal discovery of coconut oil. Apparently, I am very late to the game on this. I think I guess I was like the last person to get the uh, the coconut oil as anal lubricant memo. Because as soon as I announced this, I was getting tweets and messages and emails like, yeah, Billy, we know about the coconut oil. Uh, we're we're well on board. We've been on board, okay? And I'm like, all right, okay, what do I know? But then I get this tweet from at Moldy Old Fart. Seems like an authority on things with a handle like that. He, uh, it's a link to an article that says, four reasons not to use coconut oil as lube. And now I'm not going to get into the particulars of the article. I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, needless to say, if I give a recommendation like that, if I say go get go try coconut oil, Look, I'm not an expert, so uh, do your own research, sluts. Okay, if I recommend go do a thing, maybe go poke around about it first. All I know is I used it and I had a good time. I'm I'm still totally going to put it all over my asshole. It felt uh, amazing during and after. Just left it feeling so smooth and moisturized. <laughs> uh, here's one thing I will say, though, about that is coconut oil. Do not use it as lubricant with latex condoms. It appears that uh, it would make a latex condom less effective or more prone to break or something. So that's going to be my one actual caveat. Now, I, uh, as you all know, I love hearing from you people. It's always fun. You know, uh, a lot of mixed reactions about last week's guest, Andrea Allen. Got a lot, a lot of mixed reactions on Twitter from that one. Uh, but I do also love reading your emails. Probably one of my favorite things to wake up to is a new email from a listener who just discovered the podcast or, you know, someone who needs, uh, you know, has got a question about stuff. 
I got this one email from Elizabeth. She goes, hey, Billy, you've mentioned the term fluid bonded once or twice, and I'm a little confused on what it means. It sounds like it's having sex bareback. Is there more to it than just not using condoms? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've mentioned that before. My girlfriend and I, Paige, are, we're, we are fluid bonded. We do not use condoms. But I mean, yeah, that's basically it. It's we don't use condoms. I would say that there's an added caveat that's an informed, mutually agreed upon decision between like consistent partners who have been tested recently. It's more of like a purposeful decision. I would like I would not use the term fluid bonded to refer to a mistaken, irresponsible barebacking in the bathroom of a nightclub. You know, that's kind of more of a fuck up. That's more of a, hey, I need some plan B. Not to shame the breeding fetishist. You know, you do you. I'm just saying it's risky. You, know, you do you, boo-boo, but I'm going to wrap it up otherwise. I got this other question. Uh, this, this was a really involved one. It's uh, titled, questions about how to maximize our enjoyment at sex parties. All right. Okay, greetings, Billy. I have some questions about what to do at sex parties. Little background first. My girlfriend and I have been together for three years now, during which time I've been listening to your podcast almost since the beginning. Listening to your pod is one of the things that really helped clarify my feelings on non-monogamy and to have the courage to broach the subject with her. We've been attending BDSM play parties for almost two years, and in the past six months, we've also begun swinging. In that time, we've attended swingers clubs, met privately with other couples, and gone to some gangbangs. Sounds fun. Uh, last Saturday, we were invited to our first ever private swingers party by a woman we've been chatting to at events for quite a while now. We were very excited to be invited to a private orgy, but also nervous since we didn't know anyone except for the woman inviting us. We arrived and socialized as people filtered in. Eventually, there were about four couples and about three single men. Things started off well at the party, but I remember at one point in the night, I found myself standing in a corner as my girlfriend was chatting with a dom and everyone else was paired off. I would have liked to rejoin the orgy, but I didn't know how. And I found myself feeling like I was on the outside looking in. I realized that as a woman, my partner is naturally going to get more attention than me. I can join in with my girlfriend at any time, of course, but like we're there to try and have fun with other people, right? So I don't want to interrupt her while she's having a good time. However, I just find it difficult to know how to join in. I don't want to be one of those guys just shoving his dick near a girl's face, but I really don't know what else to do. This is certainly not the first time I've felt that way or had these issues at a play party. Do you ever have similar experiences at events where Paige is getting lots of attention and you can't find someone to fool around with? On my girlfriend's side, she's having her own issues, uh, saying no to guys and establishing her boundaries. We often find that everyone is very nice and respectful until you actually start having sex or giving someone a BJ. At that point, my girlfriend is quickly surrounded by dicks. She complained the next day that her throat was sore from skull fucking that she repeatedly told guys not to do. She said she hates giving blowjobs at events, and, and this is coming from a girl who loves giving blowjobs. She just felt she spent so much more time blowing dudes than doing anything else, and she didn't like that it was expected she would do so. She was complaining, you know, why does no one ever eat my pussy? Or why does everyone, why does anyone just want to fuck without a BJ first? Do you find this happens at your parties too? 
She also told me she had less than great sex with one guy there. Uh, he was complaining his dick was too small and his belly was too large. Uh, uh, not the small dick and belly large part, but the part that the, the part about him complaining to the woman while he's inside her. That's such an uncomfortable image. Thrust and be like, I'm sorry. Uh, own it, you fucking big belly bitch. Okay. Any tips from you or Paige on how she can try to get better at politely declining people she's not attracted to? Thanks for reading and stay slutty. Uh, Dan G and Bootsy. Okay, lots lots to get to in your email, Dan. Okay. The first thing I think of is just like, dude, just I think you guys need to find a different party. This party does not seem like it's very consent heavy. Doesn't seem like there's really any like a consent policy at all going on. Seems like you got some creepers. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the gender ratio. Like, I don't think it's the, the quantity of dudes at the party, but rather the quality of the dudes at the party. I've been, men, I've been met to many orgies where there's plenty of guys, but there's, I've never seen this scene, at le- again, at least at the parties I go to, where guys are just like walking up to someone they don't know and shoving a dick in their face without some sort of a, uh, hand motion or acknowledgement of the fact. But if you insist on going to this party, let's address some things. Look, people should not be creepy or presumptive, but at the same time, your girlfriend does need to speak up when she has something to say. She can be polite or she can be very firm, you know, like she could uh, take a, she can take the dick out of her mouth and look at the other guy. It could be like, excuse me. uh, Do you mind not hovering your cock near my face? It's it's distracting, or at least I imagine it might be. Uh, or you know, she can just be like, "Hey, dude, I'm happy to suck your cock, but if you throat fuck me again, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna blow someone else." And if she wants someone to eat her pussy, and dudes are just circling around, you know, jerking off or trying to get a blowjob, I find that to be a great opportunity to say, "Hey, you wankers, who wants to eat my pussy?" Because if no one steps up to the plate, she can always just announce that the show is over and go to a different section of the room or the venue and, you know, play with her partner more privately. And if also if Bootsy doesn't want to give blowjobs at parties, don't give blowjobs at parties. If guy like, again, tries to put his dick near your mouth, just be like, no, thank you. Or I don't do that, but I would be I would be happy to fuck your cock or jerk your cock. And if the guy's not happy with that, well, then I guess you two aren't going to fool around. That's fine. You don't have to fuck and blow everybody at a party. Vocalize your yeses. Own your nose. If anyone's listening to that and going to be like, uh, but those guys shouldn't be doing those things. I agree with you. But they didn't write me an email asking for advice. So I can't tell Bootsy what those guys should do. I can only tell her what she should do. And I already told them to go to a different party. But now, now that brings me to your problem. That's a problem I share too. I am shy at all parties, sex parties and otherwise. I tend not to talk to people uh, if I can get away with it. But that's my own being self-conscious. Uh, here, here are some tips that I've gotten from friends when I've said I have this problem. Uh, go flirt with someone at the drink table. You're probably not the only one who, f- who feels shy and doesn't know how to get in on the orgy. I think what's important about a, a play party is that it's a party where you could go and also hang out. 
Like I love that I can go to Hacienda and not fuck anyone, but have a great time talking to people, watching hot sex, hanging out with, with people, meeting new folks. So, you know, uh, go, go look for someone else who looks like they're in the same situation as you and you, maybe you can flirt with them or at least just have a chat, you know, even if it's a guy, like I'll talk to a dude at a party who also looks like he doesn't know what to do. Cause at least I'm being social and, uh, and not like in a corner looking terrified. Uh, here's, this was the, this was a recommendation given to me by hopefully a future guest of the podcast before the first orgy I ever went to. I asked her, I was nervous. I was like, what do I do? How do I get in on the action? What do I do? What do I not do? She offered this. She said, uh, offer a freshly fucked couple some water. It's a, it's a nice icebreaker and they'll appreciate the favor. They're going to be exhausted. They're going to be feeling good, but probably a little dehydrated, you know? So when you return with some waters, it might be an opportunity. It's like an in for some conversation. It's like, hey, I'm Billy. You two look exhausted like you had a lot of fun. Could I get you all some water? If they say yes, you get it. You bring it back and maybe you guys start talking. Maybe you start flirting. Maybe you start fooling around. And also they may not. They may not want to be too chatty and they might want some water. But in their mind, now you are a you're a cool guy who just offered some water and didn't try to get uh, inside her pussy. You know, uh, if you just want to watch, okay, uh, maybe you made some friends at the party and they're they're getting down. Hopefully, you know, again, you you gotta you gotta. Mm, it's like it's like playing double dutch. You gotta find your moment. But if you see someone maybe starting the fool around, you could uh, take a seat nearby and tell them like, "Hey, you guys are really hot." Do you mind if I watch? Most likely they're going to say, go for it. Because it's like uh, they are at a sex party. They typically are cool with people watching. What people don't like, they don't like leering. Like they, they don't want someone to just like be two feet from them, jerking off to them without acknowledging that's what they're doing. They may say, sure, and not even acknowledge you after that. But at least now you're, kind, you're sort of in on the activity. They also may say no, in which case, you know, just keep on moving. And, and this, is, this is my personal piece of advice. This is the one I use most of the time. Go play with your fucking girlfriend. Unless she told you she wants her own space to fuck around, she is your anchor. Y'all went to an orgy together. If I'm feeling lonely at a party, uh, I know Paige is my home base to return to. She'll either stop a scene or involve me somehow if I need it. You know, if I if I make if I give her eyes like, hey, can I get in or I just use my words like, hey, I'm feeling a little lonely and I need someone right now. She'll stop her scene or she'll involve me. Don't feel bad about that because you shouldn't feel bad about it, because I'm sure if your girl, you were fucking a chick real hard and your girlfriend was lonely and she came up to you and she was like, hey, I really kind of need you. Do you mind stepping away from this? I am sure you would because you're probably a good dude. Don't be afraid uh, to go back to your your home base. Also, don't feel like the don't feel pressure that you have to go fuck other people. I know plenty of people who go to orgies, go to sex parties. They're monogamous. They don't fuck anyone else, but they want to have sex in the atmosphere of an orgy. It's fun, but it's not the only reason to go to a play party. Just just don't do what I do, and you know, don't go to the bathroom five times so I can check Twitter. Okay, uh, that's. That's not as good of a move. 
But again, overall, I think you go to a crappy party. I think you should go to a new party. Uh, if you are more proactive, you can always uh, approach the woman who you you can hit up the woman who runs the party and say, "Hey, great party, fun people, but I noticed these things, and these were my issues." You know, maybe we could install some sort of consent policy, something people get in the email invite or they are read when they check in. You know, to to paraphrase Mahatma Gandhi, I think, uh, be the change you wish to see in a sex party. Hope that helps, dude. This week's guest, cartoonist Kimchi Cuddles, a.k.a. Teak the Wolf, a.k.a. Super Fucking Funny and Fun. I was able to catch her while she was in town for a couple days uh, she was doing a, uh, uh, she was doing like a book thing and a uh, cuddle party, and we did an episode, and it was great. She was so uh, delightful. She was so much fun to talk to. She laughs at all my jokes, even the shitty ones. So she is way too kind. People pity laughs; they're not a good thing. Please don't do them because they just give me a false sense of confidence. Okay, um, but she was phenomenal. I got a, a note. We recorded this like just after the election. Okay, so we were, and I only mentioned that because we kind of refer to it. So he, uh, at the time, that guy, uh, President Steve Bannon, has been elected, but he has not yet uh, been inaugurated. Okay. So Kimchi, she does these cartoons uh, on her website and on her Tumblr, kimchicuddles.com. And she does these cartoons about polyamory, ethical non monogamy, relationship anarchy, cuddling queer issues, uh, all that stuff, all that stuff, safe spaces, language, jealousy, communication, uh, all that fun stuff, scheduling. And uh, there, she has a compilation book called uh, Ask Me Anything About Polyamory. That was her first book. She has a graphic novel coming out soon called Love Retold. I've read an advanced copy. It's phenomenal. It's really good. Made me cry by page six. You really need to get that. But for now, you really need to enjoy my episode with kimchi cuddles. What, do I say the last name? I forget the... Uh, wolf. Okay. Tikva Wolf. I've been going just by uh, kimchi cuddles because I just like, that's just, like a, <laughs> that's just a great name. And I'm like, why well, learn any Is other it? name? Is it? I'm happy. <laughs> I think it's a great name. name. <laughs> it, honestly, it sounds like, like a K-pop G- DJ to me <laughs> in my mind, you know? Like, I've never been to Korea, but I feel like if I got off the train, like in Seoul, there'd be like yeah. a big poster, be like, yo, check out kimchi cuddles at the club. <laughs> doing some mixes um so i thought the name's great uh i only learned yesterday what the real name was and i don't know i was mm-hmm. like i like kimchi tikva is a great name but kimchi cuddle sounds like it's a party it's a, party. <laughs> it's a cuddle party uh, uh, apparently tonight uh how'd you how'd you come up with the name uh so i when i first started making comics i didn't think that it was gonna I, that i would have any sort of audience um, I was just doing it for myself, right. and um, it was actually a, an ex-partner of mine said, oh, you, because I've always written uh, little comics about what's going on in my relationships, and usually would just share it with that person, and an ex-partner of mine was like, this is hilarious, you should write a webcomic about polyamory, and I was like, no one would ever read it, <laughs> and um, so then just sort of as a joke between he and I, I like started putting them online, and um, and... 
I, <laughs> I, I, I just called it Kimchi Cuddles because at the time I uh, had also a, a joke with him that I was making a lot of kimchi at home. What's kimchi? Kimchi is the fermented uh, vegetables. Oh, so that it's is like, like a, a thing. Yeah, this just shows how much I know about the world. <laughs> uh, I just felt like that was a word you created. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a, it's a Korean thing, but. Um, but yeah, I just I love kimchi. I love I I love fermenting things in general, but I I especially love kimchi. I really really love ginger and I <laughs> people tell me often that I smell like ginger. Okay. But um yeah, so I, at the time I was just making tons of homemade kimchi and so I had the joke that uh if you cuddle with me you're cuddling with kimchi or something. So I like and then I just called it kimchi cuddles based on that and then I was just sort of stuck with the name because then all of a sudden lots of people were reading it and I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm kimchi cuddles now." <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's a, it's very shareable and I, you know, I think the polyamory world loves seeing something about them that's uh-huh. from their own people. So that they know the represent properly. So, I mean, I found you just from like constantly seeing it shared on Facebook and such, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, like my girlfriend Paige is a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly, I'm like, what is this fucking kimchi thing <laughs> that she keeps sharing? And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And, uh, and I am now like, uh, check it Have out. Have you never eaten kimchi before? I don't eat Asian food. Kimchi is delicious, and and, I mean, I'm not going to peer pressure you, but (laughs) if you haven't tried kimchi, you should probably try that. I like to put I like to put beets in my kimchi (laughs) because you're like, please shut up about no, no, it's no, no, no. My my girlfriend uh, gives me so much shit for what I eat. I eat like nothing good. I eat like five foods. Kimchi is very good for you. I, I highly recommend <laughs> anything from that continent. I just don't know. It won't go in. My it's my girlfriend great. on I, Thursday tricked me to an Asian restaurant because it's like part Italian. She's like, oh no, it's like Italian Asian fusion. So like we show up, it's pasta pasta. I'm like that. Does-. And then we show up. I'm like, this is a fucking Asian restaurant. You got this is Asian food. This is the, I, we know this isn't going to work for me. So I, I, I um my my uh I was very influenced. I I used to when I was like twelve or thirteen. I lived in Mexico City and I went to an international school where okay. like all of my friends were Korean, and uh and I became very influenced. Actually, my um my illustration style was somewhat influenced by a lot of my friends there. And um, like, and a lot of my cooking preferences, I ended up picking up back then too. And this love for kimchi, yeah. <laughs> See, I so just got a lo- love. I just have a love for like fried chicken and pizza and ice cream. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I get a lot of shit for my diet. It's really bad. I, th- I think for like my one year anniversary, I'll go to like uh, like I'll try noodles or something. I don't know. I'm very weird like that. <laughs> so well, I, well, I'm Jewish, so every Christmas I go eat Chinese food. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's very typical, right? That's the thing. That's how they stay in business during the holidays. Is that, if I remember correctly? Uh, but that's, what, okay, that, we got the origin so of the name. So far, we've only talked about food. We, we've crushed five minutes on kimchi. And you, and you You're know, just going to edit all of this out. Not a chance. Not a chance. Especially if we acknowledge cutting it out, then I definitely keep it in. Definitely a rule of mine. Um... Wait, so now, wait, how, so how long have you, how long, how old is you doing comics? I think I've been doing it for three years. Is that true? Three or three or four years now. What were you doing With, before that? I had various incarnations. Kimchi, were you? Were you... <laughs> um, so uh, as, as an income source or as a creative outlet or both? Uh, both. Um, Why not? 
So I I used to live in Florida. Okay. I, I live I'm in sorry. Asheville now. Yes, thank you. You understand? <laughs> I understand. I get it. I understand. It must be difficult wearing those leggings in Florida. Sometimes yes, people the, look at you funny. They uh. yeah. People a lot of people in Florida looked at me funny. But um, so Florida. I lived in Tampa, oh, and <laughs> why, why does this keep getting worse and worse for you? <laughs> and it was actually all right. I um, there are lots of wonderful people. Uh, there, who actually a lot of them have ended up in Asheville, okay. um, <laughs> where I am. Is now. it Asheville or Nashville? Asheville, Asheville North Carolina. Yes, okay. yes. And um, so when I was in Florida, I used to do uh, a lot of like weird experimental fashion shows. Okay, I got into that for like two years. I was doing this for like two years <laughs> under a different name, and uh, and that was fun. Designing, designing the okay. clothes and organizing the shows, and and um. And it was sort of a similar thing. Like I just did this one show just sort of on a whim. Like someone asked me to do – I was doing these experimental things on my own. And someone said, oh, hey, can you be in this show? And then I did the show. And then after that, all these people kept asking me to do these other shows. And I was like, well, now I'm I'm like stuck with this. And I had like picked this random like stage name at the time. Uh, and I was we, like, well, now we I'm just stuck with it. Name? Can we the stage name was Oriana. Oriana? Which was taken from the, the Felix the Cat movie. It was the name of the princess. It, there's not like a really, <laughs> there's not, it's not a real story. It's no, it's no kimchi cups. <laughs> okay. No food in the story. But I, um, yeah, I just was sort of stuck with that name for two years and, uh, <laughs> because I kept doing it. Okay. And, um, that was fun. And I was uh, in between that and when I started doing this, I was living at an intentional community called Twin Oaks. Um, intentional, which like it, a polyintentional. It, it is a, like a like a hippie commune. Hippie commune. Okay, we can <laughs> just the, say hippie commune. That's that's the PR term for hippie communes. Intentional, yes, community. intentional community. And um, there, Twin Oaks. After Waco, is, they stopped wanting to use commune as often. <laughs> Gets yeah, us people in some people don't really understand what you're talking about if you say if you say hippie commune, people like have all sorts of ideas of what that means. So intentional community, people don't actually know what you're talking about, but then you get to explain <laughs> what it is and they don't have an an assumption usually. So anyway, um I lived at this uh in this community of like a hundred people that were all sharing income uh out in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. And that it's was like great. Bernie Paradise. <laughs> It was it was it was a really amazing experience. I love living there, um, and and I met this guy there. I, this guy, I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm being recorded right now. No one is going to know what I'm talking about. No, we got we, we got a guy. We got one of our, one of her partners is is sitting in uh, who has been consistently referred to as this guy. <laughs> this guy over here. This guy, one of the characters in the cartoon. He um so I met him at Twin Oaks, and um and so we. We're having a relationship that that whole time we were there together. We ended up moving to North Carolina because he has a son from a previous uh, relationship there. Okay. Um, and so that's why we left. And um, yeah, while I while I was there, that's sort of where I discovered the term polyamory. Mm. Um, I had I had heard the word before, but I hadn't. I didn't really. I wasn't exposed to polyamorous relationships that were actually anything close to what I would want to do with my own Mm. relationships. So I just assumed that polyamory was some, something I didn't want because it, what were you seeing? I was seeing people using the word when it, 
using it uh, describing primarily don't ask, don't tell type of relationships mm-hmm. um, where there wasn't any communication, where things were allowed, but it was very hierarchical and there were there was no communication. Yeah. And so I didn't like any of those things. Um Except for the part where it, it, it was there was consent yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> involved, and um, so I just assumed that that was oh that's what that means I don't want that. And then when I moved to Twin Oaks, I uh, discovered other types of polyamory um, that and discovered that polyamory actually is a word that includes a whole bunch of different kinds of things and uh, anything under the umbrella of consensual non monogamy. And um, so yeah, and. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. No, no, no. That was great. That was great. Wait. So, um, so the the comic books. Um, wait. No. So, uh, what was I saying? See, now I did it too. Um, I was just sort of like, wait, yeah. I was rambling, and what was my point? Why was uh, I talking about Twin Oaks? No. Great. So wait. So, but that, so you just kind of discovered polyamory. Were you one of those people you want? You knew you wanted polyamory without knowing that word. Yeah. So I. So when I was in college. I, um, I, one of my, yeah, the, as soon as I entered into college, I was a freshman and my housemate, um, had two boyfriends Okay, and, um, they were in a triad, like the, the the boyfriends were both by and also with each other. Like, so the three of them were all together and, um, and they were all really sweet. They're amazing people and they didn't have a word for it. They just were like, well, we all love each other and this is working for us and this is great. And they were all open about it. And I thought that was amazing and ideal. And um, and everybody else that I knew that were like friends with her would shit talk her behind her back to me and like say all these terrible things like, oh, well, those guys like – they're really just gay and they're using her as a cover or something as if that even makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. And like... it, as, if, as if homophobes, <laughs> as if homophobes are like those two, those two dudes banging each other. There better be a chick around. <laughs> That's weird logic. Oh, there's a chick there. Cool. It's fine. It's fine. And, and then the other thing being that, Oh, well, although uh, if that did, sorry to interrupt, but if that did appease <laughs> homophobes, I feel like we could start a charity for just like, hey, we're just going to have a chick come in and hang out with y'all. <laughs> Keep you safe in North Carolina. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. I volunteer, <laughs> I volunteer to hold your hands in public. Just to <laughs> I, um, yeah, so anyway, I, um, so I would observe this like terrible, the, these people saying these awful things behind her back, like, mm. oh, well, they're, she's so selfish was another one. Like, she's so selfish. And I was like, what's, why, why is she so selfish? Yeah. Like, she of the three of them, yeah. why is it her that's selfish? And, um, cause she has these two guys that are also with each other. And like, what about that is selfish? Yeah. And so I would argue with these people. And, um, and I was like a freshman in college, so I didn't really like, have any good arguments myself or like know what I was talking about. And, um, or maybe not because I was a freshman in, in college, but because I just didn't at the time. And, um, yeah, but I had that as, that was something that stood out to me as a relationship that, um, I, I thought was very beautiful and healthy and, ideal for me and I but I remember thinking at the time I had a boyfriend at the time and I remember thinking oh well I would never be able to do that and I won't ever find somebody that open-minded I was living in Tampa and like I didn't I just didn't know anybody so you just didn't think you'd be able to do it yeah you'd find someone else to do it but you knew that was something that was like for you because that was like around the same time I I thought that might be 
the thing for me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it's that whole coming of age when you become like an adult and then we are like, oh, there's other options out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and I had... Um, and I had a boyfriend at the time who I thought was my life partner and I was very in love and, mm-hmm. um, and those sorts of things. Don't we all think and, that at 18? <laughs> yeah. And he was my high school sweetheart. He was wonderful, this guy. And he still is wonderful. And, uh, and we probably could have been life partners if we had known what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> we just, but we didn't. And we didn't, uh, we didn't know how to communicate with each other or any of those necessary tools, work through conflict or anything. Um, and we ended up having, we tried a little bit to be not monogamous, but we did it very sloppily in ways that ended up, um, uh, just feeling like it was not consensual because there Mm -hmm. wasn't communication. And, uh, so I had little bits of non-monogamy before I really dove into being polyamorous, but it was for the most part, not ethical in my opinion. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What uh wait when did you figure out how to do like what what was your like self education on like ethical non monogamy versus well, I guess, sloppiness? <laughs> I think just becoming a healthier person myself gave me the ability to communicate with other people because then I knew how I felt and I was able to communicate how I felt and mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted and I was able to say what I wanted uh, without. Uh, putting a lot of blame on another person or like guilt tripping people or any yeah. of those sorts of things. Did I, did I ask where, where you first heard the word poly though? Um, I, I first heard the word poly um, in Tampa. Uh, there, there was a couple who uh, was, was they had, uh, they were primary partners and they had other partners, but it was a don't ask, don't tell situation. And they right. referred to that as polyamory. Um, and it is polyamory. But like that was my – because that was my example. I was just like, oh, that's what it always is. It's this, this thing. And without thinking like, oh, there might be other versions. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> so when did you discover the other versions? So the other versions I discovered at Twin Oaks, this uh, hippie right. commune and in Virginia – and uh, there were people there doing all sorts of different things, things that worked best for them. And um, and people were all communicating very well. And it's not really – like Twin Oaks isn't really the kind of place you can have a lot of secrets because everyone lives in yeah. the same building basically. Yeah. So like you can't, <laughs> you can't get away from each other. And um, so – yeah, don't ask, don't tell would be kind of preposterous to Difficult, do that. Yeah, it would it would be a challenge <laughs> when everyone's like synced up on the the same Google Cal. You know, it's uh, it's hard to <laughs> say you were somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You know, here's something I was thinking about because, uh, you know, your comics are coming at like a comforting time or an uncomfortable time. They're very comforting, I find, for the like, for people who feel other. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, it, it can yeah do, that's good. Especially with with that guy now going, yeah, that, that guy, that, that other guy. Because uh, I think when this comes <laughs> out, when this does come out, he'll have like recently been um, inaugurated. Unless someone, someone listening, maybe wants to take care of it, um, <laughs> which is not a call for assassination because this came out after it, it didn't happen, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but we can hope and dream. Um, <laughs> You know, but you know, I was thinking about on the way over here, like what the role of art is. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I was reading about Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. uh, and Alec Baldwin. 
Yeah. And it's like well, the role art's going to play in the next four years of like keeping people feeling comfortable or yeah. heard. Yeah. Because I feel like the artistic community is the one that maybe like hears the others the most. Yeah. Because it's comprised of so many yeah. different well, and, groups. And the comedians, like co- comedy is a very useful tool in dealing with trauma and uh, and fear, um, as you probably know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> So, um, I mean, that's how I ended up uh, starting using this medium in the first place was um, uh, I wanted to deal with, uh, work through things that I didn't know how to deal with mm-hmm. and um, and drawing it out and like actually looking at it uh, and looking at my brain on paper was very therapeutic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were, you art- were you artsy before? I um I have always been artsy. The the style of kimchi cuddles is a lot more simplistic than anything I've ever done for a sustained period of time, but um but I kind of am really happy about that. It, it, one thing that's good about it is it enables me to make a lot of them. Yeah, I was going to say you're very prolific. So I got to imagine like for time purposes, yeah. it allows you to like pump out more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um without getting like burnt out. And um and I I think they're cute. But um, and it's it's also a challenge to to um, like really capture a specific emotion with like little dot eyes. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I think I do okay. But um, you also have some of the uh, most fabulously dressed cartoon characters I think I've seen. <laughs> um, you you bring up the woman who was talking about like uh, poly people being selfish or that triad being selfish, yeah. and you had that recent comic that was like just like crushed it. <laughs> where it was the we brought up the kid argument. I was like. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's like, there's like the right amount of snark, I think, to uh, in your comics towards the people who like don't get it and, and want to like end things. And I think it's awesome. How's he, how's this, how's that guy feel about being a character? Well, I, I think he has mixed feelings. <laughs> this is the silence. Do you ever make a, that guy over there on the couch? You ever make um, like a cartoon and he's like, can you not like. I Come am on. much he's better nodding now. He's said yes. Yes, yes. He's <laughs> smiling and laughing at me. I, um, I in the past was not as good at uh, checking in. I, I would get do sort of like a blanket, like, "Hey, is it okay to use you as a character with people?" And then they'd be like, "Yeah, do anything you want." And I would just and really, then they see really what take you want. them at their word. <laughs> <laughs> and then after a while, I decided that that wasn't the best way to go about it, and I started uh, being in better practice of. Uh, Asking people, uh, like showing them the comic first, or like being like running the idea by them, being like, "Hey, is it okay to actually talk about this conversation we had and right. things like that?" And um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I've horrified too many people besides for this guy on the couch over here. Which have I horrified you? Well, sometimes but, the turnaround time is like four hours. Between. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, some sometimes I'll make a comic right after something has happened, right. and when it's like still really raw. And um, it, which is good in certain ways because it like captures the actual thing that happened more than if I was thinking about it. And then I'm like, yes, this is how it could have played out differently. Right. <laughs> like, right. What actually happened. And um, and sometimes a lot of most of the time I don't do that. Most of the time I do think about it longer. But um, but I'm- sometimes I have made something immediately afterwards. And that has been too too fresh for the the people and you're like i drew it but like let's not hit post just yet (laughs) think about it i might be angry right now yeah maybe Uh, i need to eat something first yeah maybe uh, maybe (laughs) i'll go have some kimchi (laughs) have some kimchi (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's an interesting like line to have to like toe because like you know i I I do a podcast all with my life on it so yeah yeah 
you know, Paige knows. It took a while for me to be like, hey, am I even allowed to use your name? You know, I, she, right, yeah. she was just the letter P for the longest time. You have to mm-hmm. like clear, hey, can I talk about this? Or I don't know. Or even before like, I had a girlfriend, I'd go on dates and someone would be like, this can't go on a fucking podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> people are like, do not make a comic about this. Or or the other thing happens where people are like, are you going to make a comic about this? Oh, that's <laughs> arguably, arguably worse. It's so much worse. Arguably worse. People are like, oh my God, am I going to like be on your podcast now? Like, fucking, yeah, you're going to be that annoying chick who asked me if she's going to be on the podcast. Gr- congratulations. Because people, well, people do that in stand-up too. To be like, am I going to be in your act? I'd be like, like, probably not. You're if mm, so uh, not interesting. Um, <laughs> it's it's the least interesting people who think they are the most interesting. I think they're just uh-huh. like they think like oh yeah, of course everybody wants to write about me. Like no, no one wants to follow your Snapchat story either. No one wants you in an act or a comic. Ugh. We did have tell them about the, the folks. No. No. <laughs> Don't tell them about the folks. I want to hear about the folks. I want to hear about the folks. <laughs> No, can't, can't. Okay, a lot of whispers, a lot of hush hush. Has not been, uh, has not been cleared. Uh, what were some of like the early reactions to this? Like, did, was there was there a lot of response from friends and family of like, well, what is polyamory? Like, did you first have yeah, to explain well, that? I so when I when I first came out when I came out to my mom uh, a long time ago as uh, queer as bisexual, mm. um, my mom was like, I know. <laughs> it was like a complete non-event. Did you and, always have this haircut? Um, I know. <laughs> I have not that, that always w- had this haircut, but I um. <laughs> so so, ma- so many high schoolers I, um, have been outed by their haircut, and they had no idea Aww. the whole time. There's like they get ready for the big moment, and everyone's just like, "We know. Look, look at you." And they're like, "Okay." It takes away the <laughs> takes all that era of the moment. I gotta imagine. <laughs> well, um, uh. Yeah, and her her mom is a lesbian also. So like okay. she just kind of like and she's very liberal and she is very open-minded. So she cool. just it was a non-event. And um but I felt like it was important to come out to her yeah. as queer and um cuz I like I'm close with my mom. I wanted her to know. Um like from my own words and then so then years later when I wanted to come out to her as Polly uh, she, <laughs> I was sort of assuming that it would be a, a similar sort of thing just Ooh. because she was like, um, she was like, well, uh, yeah, like, of course I'll always love you and support you when I, when I told her mm-hmm. this thing that was a non-issue. But then, <laughs> but then when I told her I was polyamorous, she, uh, reacted differently. And I, um, I didn't tell her until after I was, I think, is this true? I didn't tell her until after I was already married. Is that true? Well, you, um, you were married, are married? I'm, I'm legally married. You're legally so this, married. This guy. This, this guy. This guy. Okay. But, um, so yeah, I, I possibly... How did I miss that? In the <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I possibly uh, didn't actually come out to her as polyamorous until after we got married. We got married, like, s- soon after we met. Oh. I, we're both sort of impulsive. But anyway, so um, <laughs> we went down to the courthouse. I was, uh, we were still at Twin Oaks, and I was wearing my work boots. Okay. It was really nice. Um <laughs> Somebody, it was like, the it was the nice work boots. <laughs> it was, they're my nice work boots. They're my date I, work boots. Yeah, <laughs> I brushed them off. I, um, yeah, and uh, so anyway, I I told my mom that I was polyamorous, mm-hmm. and uh, and she had this sort of like um, uh, uh, this complicated reaction of i want to support you no matter what you Mm. do and like how could you do this to your husband we love brian sort of thing like how could you 
like this is unkind to your husband, like you're doing a bad thing at him <laughs> sort of attitude. And um, which uh, resulted in many years of having that conversation over and over again periodically and like her bringing it up and being like, yeah. but what about that polyamory though? That's not nice. So like the and- first comic is just like, here's what polyamory is. <laughs> I got to imagine. Mm-hmm. What was the and- first comic on? The first several comics, actually, when I when I first um, uh, started doing them, it was uh, all about the the relationship that I had with the the guy that suggested that I that I put it out as a webcomic. Yeah, um, I was in a relationship with this other couple. We were like a quad. Okay, um, this guy and I, <laughs> this other couple, and we were a quad. And um, and then we broke up, and I had a lot of emotions about it. And so I was using the comic as a way of working through those emotions. And, um, and so, uh, while I was working through all of those emotions, I was, I just had a lot to say and I was making two comics every day. And I like for a while, for like a few, for the first couple of weeks, I think I just was like posting two of them a day. It was ridiculous. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like people were like giving me a lot of feedback and I was like, wait, people are reading this. Uh (laughs) I better shape up. (laughs) And so like, like, well, the first ones I put out the first, um, like the first bunch of them, I don't remember like how, how long it took me to like start making a real storyline, but I like, I was just sort of all over the place in the very beginning cause I didn't have a plan and, um, and I was just sort of like putting my emotions out and, um, and it was like things that happened mostly in that relationship, in the relationship yeah. of the, that was a quad and, uh, and then also like some other things, and I was then I started sort of exploring like creating these other characters, and then it turned into the thing that it is now. Um, and had your had your mom already accepted the polyamorous life that you do uh, by the time you started doing the comics? She, because um, if not, I could imagine the comics could like help. Yeah, well, she she had uh, come down to visit that uh, those two people that we were in relationship with mm-hmm. for Passover. Um, we had a nice Seder all together and, um, uh, that was really nice. And like, they, they were both musicians and my parents are musicians and they all played music together. And like, they, they were very welcoming of, of those relationships. Mm. And so I felt like, um, like we had turned a corner or something by that point, uh, before I started doing the comic. Um, yeah. So it wasn't this, like, she thought about it differently by the time I actually was doing the comic. Okay. So um, I find that I always find that interesting because I've heard that before. People whose like parents were fine when they came out as like queer or gay or whatever, but when it came to polyamorous, that's where they drew the line. Right. Yeah. I always find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the I mean, because it is completely different <laughs> in a lot of ways. Think about and, think about the grandfathers work so hard to be like come to terms to accept like. Okay, you know what? A man and a man can love each other. It goes against everything I learned from like the twenties, uh, the eighteen twenties, but whatever. I can be fine with it. And then he's fine with it. And then the son comes to say, like, "Oh, you have a whole new thing you now have to learn." Like, I have a little bit of empathy, I think, for the guy who's just like worked so hard to learn, and mm-hmm. then be like, "Fuck, I got to read another book." Um, right. Like- <laughs> well, and also like like going along with that, like a lot of the way people were able to accept. Uh, anything other than straight relationships is yeah. by like putting it in the context of a straight monogamous relationship. Like this, it can look like this, right? Like it can look like this n- normal family picture I have in my head. 
That's um, why in the yeah sixties seventies so, it became mm-hmm. like what's well, a movement about like oh but we can like same love versus yeah, yeah. like you know it stopped being about like hey let us have the sex we want to be like we want to start families and such yeah and, yeah it was yeah so it was all yeah. about that and yeah to the extent that like that same argument is used with polyamory I think people who are hesitant to accept it do mm-hmm. easier when when polyamorous people focus on the love aspect as opposed to the sex aspect but really. People just shouldn't be in anybody else's business yeah, about. It's like, why the fuck do you care? <laughs> why do you care? But um, but I do notice that people are a lot more um, um, are, are a lot less resistant to the idea when they hear it as, uh, oh, this is about loving as opposed to like crazy kinky sex. Yeah, but even if it is about crazy kinky sex, like that shouldn't matter um, either. Like, right. just, it's not your business type right. of thing. Yeah. But you were saying before we started that you're kind of like grappling with the term of poly as an identity or dropping well, it when or I, what uh, when i f- so when i first discovered the word i just like took it on really strongly mm. as an identity because i was like oh this is the piece i was missing this right. is what i needed to be able to have the kind of relationships i want and um so i just took it on i was like i am polyamorous and put on my little polyamorous jacket. And, <laughs> and the, with buttons. God, with the buttons, <laughs> right? There's always buttons. <laughs> More than two buttons. And um, But anyway, so uh, uh, over the past 10 years or whatever, I've sort of calmed down about that and I, I haven't needed the word as much to feel like I uh, can get what I want in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I like I really like um, the term uh, relationship anarchy because it sort of encompasses not even – it can encompass anything, really, just anything that you are authentically wanting to do in your relationship and everyone else is too that is possible in, in relationship anarchy. I don't actually use that term for myself though, because I feel like a lot of the time, no one knows what I'm talking about. If I say like, hi, I'm a relationship anarchist. But I, um, <laughs> but, it does um, sound like the most peaceful anarchist. Like no. there's no bombs involved. You know? <laughs> there's it's... very few bombs involved. But, um... Very few. Like you said, well, it's not that there's no bombs. <laughs> there's a few. There's just significantly less. <laughs> You're running the no anarchist. Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, I've heard that term a lot, but what mm-hmm. what would you call, like, how would you define relationship anarchy? Which I know is weird. The word define shouldn't be anywhere near the word anarchy, but, like, what? I, I don't think a lot of people know what that is. So uh, different people might have a different definition than me, but I, um, how I explain relationship anarchy is that it is, uh, it is, is a way of explaining that you are uh, be uh, relating to everybody authentically. So you might have a relationship with one person, but you don't necessarily even have a term for it. Mm. And uh, just so, the sort of idea that like a lot of people who like the term uh, relationship anarchy see themselves as being in relationship with everybody that they interact with, sure. but to varying degrees and like, and that it's fluid also. And like, I like I have a relationship with my cashier for that moment or whatever. And um, 
yeah, and and just sort of like uh, noticing that as opposed to like seeing another person as like you are my this, you're the I'm going to put this yeah. label on you, and that means like you're supposed to do these things. And uh, a lot of people I see using uh, the idea of relationship anarchy to sort of get away from that type of thinking about relationships in general. I feel like if you get away from that thinking of relationships, you have to get away from that thinking of just stuff in general. Though I think the logic follows through that you have to then stop labeling s- stuff in general like well what is a couch like i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> what is a couch <laughs> um, it's like you know maybe today it's a love seat you know it's just it's fluid mm-hmm. um I, I i get hung up on def- definitions and labels and such because i think they i don't know i think they are important so yeah. that we well, can they're... communicate yeah a little easier rather than having like a 20-man conversation right for yeah. each well, relationship yeah, it's yeah, it's their it, language is funny. Oh, language! Oh, language! <laughs> oh, humans! <laughs> yeah, if if if, uh, if language was a person, I feel like it's the it's the one who like means well, but man, like always messes like they break something at the party, oh. and we just go, oh, language. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, um, language. But I don't know. What do you think about that? We all that? still like really like language. <laughs> we do. Like, we want <laughs> we her always around. invite her to the parties because I don't know why I'm gendering language right now. Like, well, let's go with she's a she. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, language just popped up. It's like, excuse me, did you just assume my gender? Um, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I like. Okay, but, but what do you think about that? Like the the need for labels just for communication purposes. Um, I think labels can be very useful and uh, and can be very empowering to to people, especially like when I first found the the word polyamory. Um, I really needed that word mm-hmm. at that moment in my life, and I don't really need it now. Like I feel secure in uh, everything I'm doing enough to say like this is what I want in my relationship with you. This is what I want in my relationship with you, and I don't even need the word right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's useful to use the word um, still. Um, just so other people know what I'm talking about, but it's different. Like it feels different to me now. I don't feel like it's something that I uh, need to. You're not like uh, a uh, what a past guest referred to as a poly pocket, um, <laughs> which is what I previously described as like the poly people. They go to poly events to talk about being poly with their poly folks. Like that's and that's like what they do. Like that's like the identity. Mm-hmm. And so like it no. So are you saying like that's it's no longer like the thing that defines you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and similarly, like, I used to be really, like, I used to have a really strong Jewish identity, Mm -hmm. and I'm still into being Jewish. Like, I haven't dropped it, but I don't have it now as much as I did before. It's not like, I don't know, I I don't see it as something, I don't even know how to to explain this very well. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think think we really like having an identity. Sometimes it can be comforting to have an identity to get us through especially if we feel lost like yeah if you feel like i don't know when i felt when i started doing like when you start doing comedy a lot of times you if you you jump in you're like no i'm a comic i've been doing it two weeks but like i'm a comic now <laughs> and, you know i go to the open mics you start throwing out lingo because it's a way to feel connected with other people yeah yeah in this fucking crazy yeah, world we're yeah in. that's true like we often will use labels to find our other people that can be like yeah. our family or whatever and yeah. So I, think, I certainly, yeah, I certainly used both of those words to find my family, my uh, polyamory and Jew. And the <laughs> like Jews. Looking for the other, <laughs> the other Jews. All you have to do is go to the, the Asian restaurant on Christmas and you can find <laughs> your people. Um, but no, yeah, I think that I think that helps us like connect, right, and, mm-hmm. and like find ourselves. Yeah. What yeah. What made you feel? What was the growth in yourself that you found that like you had the strength that you didn't need to latch onto 
label. Maybe, maybe it's that I feel more secure in who my family is now. I、mm-hmm. like I have my family, and I feel、uh, sure about how I want that to be right now, and I feel、uh, like happy with how it is. So maybe it's something to do with that. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. What was、uh, was some of the early feedback、uh, when you started putting out kimchi cuddles? Um, so I immediately started getting a lot of positive feedback, and but also、uh, surprisingly to me, because、uh, I didn't think I was going to get any feedback at all. I just thought it was I, that nobody would look、just、at it. Throw it, it on so, Tumblr, and yeah, it I, just, I threw it on Tumblr, and <laughs> and it was there. And then all of a sudden, all these people were writing me and、um, asking me these like really vulnerable personal questions, like, "Hey, here's this、uh, this really intense thing that's going on in my life."、Um, what what do I do? And I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" Like,、yeah. <laughs> I just I just do cartoons.、Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I just draw these shitty cartoons." I don't know why you think I know anything, but I um I I felt very touched by all of these people reaching out to me, and I think、uh, people felt safe reaching out to me in a vulnerable way because I was.、Uh, I I was being vulnerable with my experience of、mm-hmm. what I was going through, so、uh, I think these people felt like it was then safe to talk about their things that they were going through, especially if it was similar. And so,、um, but then they were also asking for advice, and I really wanted to be able to give them advice. And I、um, I I didn't know of any really good resources at the time.、Um, and so I I I created this character Marco. Um, that was sort of a like a an embodiment of myself, like taking a step back away from myself,、mm-hmm. so that I could like without all my like、uh, buzzing ego brain or whatever, like take my take all of that away and like be able to just answer them from the most authentic, loving place I could. Okay.、Um, and I got in the practice of doing that a lot, and、um, and I that started coming out in the comic more and more. And um, and it like it it really changed the direction of the comic because of these people writing me and asking me for advice, the comic became more about something that was uh uh really open hearted and um and about working through things as opposed to just like complaining yeah, yeah. <laughs> about things and um so that's great it, it, it's great that that happened. Um. Yeah, and it it was、uh, also really helpful to me in my own life because I started to relate to、um, people in my relationships differently, just、um, because I was in that mindset so often of、uh, taking a step back away from like being right in the thing. And, you can like look at it almost objectively, like, oh,、yeah. here's what is going on with that thing that happened on Saturday. Like you you step back, maybe you draw a comic, and you're like. Oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong in this scenario. I feel like you can get like a, a different perspective、yeah. from like through through characters, which is、yeah. amazing. And I think that that that、um, so I, I think I feel like that uh, process uh, influenced me a lot、um, in my in my relationships. I and I not that my relationships were all completely like drama free from that point, <laughs> but like I think that I took more time because of that to. To pause and be、uh, kinder in my relationships. Okay.
$5 and up patrons will receive a bonus episode with Kim Chi uh, tomorrow where she does a little bit of myth busting about polyamory, covering uh, the myths regarding selfishness and jealousy and children and scheduling and such. Really cool stuff. But for now, here's a whole lot more kimchi. You know, I think there's something to be said about putting your personal life on there. We're Mm -hmm. back on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's something to be said to putting the personal life on there that people feel both comforted and connected. Yeah. Because, like, I'm putting my whole fucking love life and mishaps out there. And I get people who write in either because they, like, care about what how my life trajectory is going but also they oddly ask for advice and like you go like oh dude i just make these cartoons i'm like dude i'm just like a comedian with a fuck show like i don't (laughs) i don't know if you really want my advice but um i but yeah but if people who like feel like uh these are things that they can't talk about to anyone they know or yeah like the i i um i really want to be able to reach out to those people i like i unfortunately don't have enough time to get back to everybody that Mm -hmm. writes me but i um i really try (laughs) because i like i really if people have taken the time to uh to write me something deeply vulnerable about themselves i i want to give them a real response you know what uh obama apparently does two he'll answer two letters every night of like the physical mail he gets Uh every night he does two letters two letters is apparently what the his his personal Uh policy is Uh, well if obama can do it you know like that's (laughs) what i was thinking i read that like a couple days ago yeah (laughs) because someone posted on reddit like his um his letter back from he got Mm. a letter back from him and he acknowledges it and like you know when i was reading your thing as one of my two that i do each night i was like oh that's so sweet yeah Yeah. uh but i mean yeah your your stuff I think it really helps. I got into so you sent me an early look of this isn't the book, right? That is the that, book. This is the book oh, that no, you sent oh, me. No, 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 the second book, the, the new the one, one yeah. I sent you, yeah, is yeah. the the one that coming out in the uh, the spring, right? Which we will um, we will mention before we uh, okay. we exit. But <laughs> you sent me like an advanced um, look of that, and I got the I got to check that out, and then I got into a monstrous fight with my girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> thought we were gonna break up. Um, oh. It was bad, and you know, as things were like settled in. Uh, and part of it is like she's like kind of insecure about like how I feel about her, no matter how many ways I show it. Uh, but I on the train back, we were together, and I think things had calmed down, and we were, we were good and hugging again. And I just, I just remember the first chapter, your like the first one, like five to eight pages of your new book, you know, which made me. I I emailed you back. I was like, no, you're crying. Like this was, <laughs> I was like, it's really good. And I showed her that, and that, um, and then she started crying on the subway. Aww. But I think that was a, a really helpful thing because it, it expressed how I felt and I how I think she felt, and uh, you know, people really connect with that. Yeah, with uh, yeah. some really like awesome artwork attached. I think that stuff's really powerful. I think that's going to be more powerful in the next four years because. We need it both for whether it's humor or for comfort, you know. Yeah, yeah. To know um, that we're not alone in this fucking yeah, crazy world. Yeah, I mean, me, but, I'm not alone. My guy, <laughs> someone who kind of looks like me is in the White House. It's going to be, uh, I'm going to be <laughs> You'll fine. You'll be okay. I'm but... going to be chilling. <laughs> it just sucks because all my friends won't be. Right, um, right. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, comics as mm-hmm. uh, a medium um, are can be incredibly powerful because people it's like sneaky people don't expect they're they're about to read something really powerful or this really is so intense. cute oh wait there's a message like, yeah <laughs> and, then, and so it sort of like catches you off guard and and gets in like uh past uh like some defenses that people have dropped because they're looking at a comic mm. and um i love i love comics for that reason that they're 
um, able to take huge ideas and huge experiences and put them into this little bite-sized thing that is easier to digest. Especially yours, which are like, you know, most of them are like kind of like four quadrant joints that are easily shareable. Yeah. And that, which makes them like even easier for people like, oh, like here's your message right here. You can't miss it. Yeah. Whereas, an, you know, as opposed to like X-Men where people are like, oh, well, maybe it means this. Too much room for interpretation. Right. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you read X-Men comic books? X-Men are book? great though. Oh, I, I oh, loved so the great. X-Men so much when I was a kid. Do you have a favorite like line? Uh, like a, not like um like series or, or chunk of X-Men? I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I have. I haven't actually read any of them uh, for a long time, except I just reread um, the uh, Old Man Logan um, recently. In prep, because doesn't that look good? <laughs> doesn't that trailer look good? Does yeah, it give you I hope? Like, like I was like, oh yeah, and then <laughs> so I started rereading that. But um, <laughs> yes, I haven't read any of those in a really long time. Do you have any? Are there any combo characters you think are polyamorous, but we don't uh, know it? Um, or like your ideal, if you could ideally ship a group together, <laughs> like right, right. I, <laughs> I don't know. I um I always really liked Mystique. Um mm-hmm. and I always really liked uh Magneto, <laughs> the dynamic between him and uh, Professor X. Yeah. I always thought that was that was a unique relationship. What did you like about Mystique so much? Well, I guess I always identified with that character because she was sort of like angsty and this is the end when I liked the uh, the X-Men I was oh sorry when I liked the X-Men I was younger and um I liked that she could hide and I like that she could uh, uh, fit into so many different areas and um, become the new thing that she needed to be in any moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not at all poly related. Just, I was just <laughs> my own personal curiosity. Uh, um, but yeah, that stuff's great. Uh, and so currently, you have two partners. You have your that you have this I have guy. This guy on the couch. This guy, which we only refer to as this guy. Um, <laughs> His name is Brian, and he's wonderful. Yep. <laughs> and um, I have another partner who lives in Chicago. Okay. And have you ever had a partner who was, like, really not cool with what you put out in a comic? Uh, just this guy on the couch. Just, just this guy? <laughs> Everyone else has been, like, really supportive? Um, That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, I've never had um, – I've had some metamors that were <laughs> – Oh, metamors, okay. That were, um, uh, like, uh, I don't know about this, but um, especially, like, during – actually, really only one that I can think of, but um, – yeah, for the most part, everyone's just been like really supportive and um and just like thought it was funny, like or thought yeah. it was great that I put them in there. And um, uh, yeah, I think with Brian it's different because Brian, you and I have been together for like the whole time, and um, we've been through all sorts of ups and downs. When we first uh, got together, he identified as monogamous, mm-hmm. and I very strongly identified as polyamorous, and so there was that. Um, and and do you feel good about the crossover, sir? um and so now you're apparently also are you a big cuddler is this uh i'm a a cuddler you're hosting a cuddle party tonight (laughs) so i live in Asheville, which is basically just one big cuddle party all the time yeah and (laughs) that's not true but um yeah, I'm a cuddler. Okay. Wait, I just I didn't know if the cuddle party was like good branding or if it was just like a genuine <laughs> It was um uh it was suggested to me that I do another I I'm up here for a book signing yeah. for uh the Ask Me About Polyamory book, um, which is a collection of the Kimchi Cuddles comics. And um I was uh, asked to do another, uh, an additional event, like doing something like speaking or whatever. And I was like, can we just have a cuddle party? Like we can, <laughs> we, I'll talk too, but can we just cuddle while we're doing Because I get nervous on the stage. Um, 
<laughs> what, what do you like so much about cuddling? Because there's some um, people, as I'm sure you've encountered, well, they, they get more nervous, right? Yeah, hate cuddling. Yeah, I I, it calms say. me down. Like I get nervous around people, and but if I'm touching them, it's easier. I don't know, unless it's. I mean, obviously, like that wouldn't always be the case. Right. <laughs> It depends on who, but it depends on how that's happening. But um <laughs> yeah, if if um like in in the context of like a safe uh uh cuddle party, um that's great. That's a great mm-hmm. way for me to feel like more relaxed and uh in a crowd, in a in a uh in a uh situation where they're asking me questions and I have to answer them. <laughs> Wait, so do what do you cuddle with the person who's asking a question? Like there's a line of people coming to cuddle. <laughs> They get to ask the question and they get the fuck out. We haven't actually figured this out yet, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Oh, wait, so tonight's I, thing is not just like cuddle party, but it's also like a Q&A thing? Yeah, it's like a cuddle okay. party Q&A. And um, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really like pictured how it was going to look. I Because in cuddle parties, I usually don't move around, but I'm yeah. like in this one, I'm like a famous person or whatever coming to a cuddle party. Yeah. So maybe I'll like have to move or I don't know. It'll be interesting to figure out. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have you, do you do cuddle parties like recreationally? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like with my groups of friends and acquaintances yeah. or whatever. Do you want to describe for... what a cuddle party kind of looks like? May, uh, um, what that's like? Like just, uh, just people all cuddling. Well, <laughs> just yeah. Cuddling. But I mean, <laughs> And um, so what we, yeah. What we do in North Carolina is not. Yeah, there's not like I I uh I have only been to a couple of like official like there's uh-huh. official cuddle parties where there are people there. There's a Facebook are... event, you know. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like the, there's a person there who is um making sure that everybody understands consent culture, understands like that this is not like a sex party, like yeah. understands like the appropriate behaviors and like um like not to actually touch anybody unless you've asked and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and um. Uh, how it all, how all of that works well. Uh, so there are people there, like making sure everyone is on the same page. Um, so, and then, like in that context, like usually the people don't know. A lot of the time, people don't know each other beforehand. Yeah. So they're like coming to this uh, for a variety of reasons. And then there's a person like making sure everyone's on the same page. The cuddle parties I tend to go to are just like people I know in Asheville, and we're like, hey, let's have a cuddle party because it's a group of us and we all like each other, and let's all like just put 30 of us on a couch but you, have, you guys have the restraint to not like turn it into an orgy which like yeah, I'm for not really like into orgies i um I, mm. I i'm yeah i used to when i was younger i was uh, a lot more interested in casual sex mm. and i'm not at all interested anymore I, and isn't that do you ever find because i've i've made this wrongful assumption before and you know i've learned my lesson from it but that there are some people who think like poly people are just slutty people, oh, right, yeah. right? They're right. like, oh, you're poly? Cool. Like, we're going to have all this like great group sex and right, yeah. we're going to have threesomes, right? Got to yeah. have three, you know. Got to have threesomes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've had threesomes and things before, but like um, I I ha- am so much less of a slut now than I was before I found out what polyamory was. Right. I... Um, uh, yeah, I would have a lot of. Uh, uh, would you say polyamory calmed you down sexually? Um, he's not in his head. Yes. He, well, apparently my partner thinks so. <laughs> he's like, you don't, you don't do that thing with the thing inside of the thing anymore. So I mean, well, I still do that thing, but I. <laughs> oh, okay, good. good. <laughs> just, just with less people, but I. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with him and the guy in Chicago yeah. whose name is Ian Ince. I'm, and right now I'm, I'm not interested in being with anybody yeah. else. And, um, but you might go is, like on a, if there's a new person, you might go on a date with a new person versus a like, let's go have drinks and maybe fuck type of. Encounter. Well, I don't drink, so that's never something I would do. We'll have kim- but- <laughs> kimchi and fuck. Yeah, kimchi and fuck. Yeah, yeah but yeah. no, I. Um- <laughs> but like, you might go on like an actual date versus like try to find a new like sexual partner. Um. Well, I uh, in right theory. now, like in in theory, I I don't know. I just right now, I feel like I'm not even interested in dating anybody else. I like I I feel very like this, and I keep making the joke like this, and I haven't put this in the comic yet, but I keep making this joke to them that this must be what a monogamous person feels like because I just feel like I'm done right now. Yeah. Like I I have these two guys, and this is what I want, and um. It's pretty recent. This is a oh, new development. Awesome. This is the oh. first time I've ever had this feeling before. I <laughs> but I keep being like, cuddlies. this is what Warm monogamy fuzzies. is. And they're like, yeah, but there's two of us. So it's not <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. Because you can definitely feel that way and still not be monogamous. I totally yeah. understand what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go through waves of it, but I, I totally get that. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, I don't know. I think if people stop thinking of poly people as just a bunch of crazy sluts, it'd be like, yeah, yeah. some of us, or but like not all. Or like always open for business. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're always like always looking for something right. else. Um, that's that's I think a, like a wide misconception. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I I I hope people will check out Kimchi Kell's books. Uh, you've been fantastic. So you have a book out now. It's called Ask Me About Polyamory, right? Yes. And then you have a new book coming out in the spring. That's right. Yeah. What's uh, the difference between this one and that one? So the the, the book Ask Me About Polyamory is uh, the best of Kimchi Cuddles comics, sort of of the like covering the first two years of the comic and just taking out the very best ones and putting them in uh categories so it's like you can it's a book that you can hand you mind if i look yeah sure go ahead so i i um it's a book that you can hand to somebody and you can like look up a specific topic and be like okay these are the this is the chapter about uh like troubleshooting transitions and taking care of yourself exactly and so then like (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a bunch of comics on that topic is and, he the guy um, with the black hair and the facial hair? Yeah, that's Brian right there. Okay, Because okay. I, I picked up very early on that you were the one with the orange hair. Yes, yeah, pink. Yeah. Pink, sorry. Um, yeah, I always depict myself as having pink hair for some reason. I have had I, pink hair. I was hair. semi-disappointed when Aww. I walked in that you didn't have pink hair. <laughs> I, I have had pink hair in the past, but not as uh, not any time recently. But for some reason, I just think of myself as having pink hair when I depict myself. Like, this is a consistent Talking thing. to you, I totally get but. that. <laughs> I'm like, no, you, you have a and pink I really hair soul. I don't really like the color pink very much, but I just, that's how I see myself. But anyway, okay. um, I really like the color orange, but. Um, mm-hmm. Let's not bring all that into this. But anyway, so. <laughs> but the, but, but the, sec- the new book coming out in the spring. So the book coming out in the spring is called Love Retold, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a graphic novel. So um, as opposed to. Uh, ask me about polyamory, which is uh, a compilation of all the comics um, that like fit into these different sections. Um, Love Retold covers uh, less um, like uh, of a wide range of topics, but it's all one story. So it's uh, it's there's the whole progression. I can I went into that story in a lot more depth than I was able to do previously in the comic because um the comic is just these little snippets of time 
and uh, Love Retold is a whole story. And the artwork is, uh, like, I took more time with the artwork. Um, it was really fun to, to write that story. And if people want to, uh, I mean, obviously, if they want to get Ask Me About Polyamory or stay up to date to know when, this is probably going to come out, like, in a few months. So it will mm-hmm. be closer yeah, to the release. Like the end but of, uh, I think it's, like, the end, end of March. March. Okay. And if people want to stay up to date with that, like, where can they find you? Where can they um, uh, stay up to I'll, date? I'll post things on kimchicuddles.com. Um, they're both, uh, published through Thorntree Press also, so you can keep, um, keep in touch with them and get their updates. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're both, uh, the, uh, Love Retold is a polyamorous love story, basically. And, um, and Ask Me About Polyamory is more of a, like a information book, I would say. Definitely, definitely. And, and like I said, from what I've read of the, uh, the Love Retold, it's, it's a really, it's really great. I think everyone should read it and have tissues and, <laughs> and go follow you on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all the places because uh, it's really cool stuff. Like I said, prolific. You have it almost. It's, it almost seems like you put out daily comics. So like, there's a lot. Um, there's a to lot go that through, I've done. So. Yeah, over six hundred or something. Now, <laughs> something think, ridiculous. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, do you want to? Uh, hold on, let me just look at the time before I make this offer. Um, do you mind doing like maybe another like we could do like 10, 15 minutes maybe like the bad arguments that uh, people make about polyamory or bad assumptions people make sure, about yeah. poly and sure. do it as like a bonus Patreon uh, episode. Yeah? Yeah, okay. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, why don't you say goodbye to everyone else for now? All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> 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 Come back again next time. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Oh, I so thoroughly enjoyed that episode. Oh, she was such a delight. She's so good. You should all know her upcoming book, Love Retold, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. There will be a link to in the show notes where you can uh, pre-order that. I have personally read an advanced copy, and it's really good. I cried, I think, seven pages in. It's really good stuff. So go pre-order that for sure. Um and go to Kimchi Cuddles just to go check out her stuff. Find her all over the web. Uh, we are both on Twitter. She is at Kimchi Cuddles. I am at the Billy Persita. Say hey to us. Uh, use the hashtag Manhor Podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode. You might even hear the tweet on the podcast. And if you want to uh, send me something privately, email me your comments, your questions, your Titty Tuesday pictures to manhorpod at gmail.com. Join the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. I also like to post pictures, articles that I'm quoted in, exciting news, and all sorts of stuff. I even respond to your threads and your posts. For all you Redditors, that's r slash Man Whore Podcast. And not last, but definitely not the least, throw down a buck, become a patron, Support me, support this podcast. I put it out every week for free for what is it now? 148 straight weeks. So surely uh, you got a dollar lying around in a drawer you can throw down. Go to patreon.com slash manhor podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash manhor podcast. Next week is a very special episode It's a very different type of episode. I've never done an episode like this before. We're going to hear all about love from the women who wouldn't love me. 
I'm very excited about it. Enjoy your Valentine's Day, people. Follow Dan Savage's advice uh, for date night on Valentine's Day. Fuck first, eat later, have fun, stay slutty.